following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. This is really a kind of a series or a place that we're going to hang out for the summer. Um, and so I'm officially declaring this the beginning of summer. And um, because it feels like it, right? So our summer series is titled, We Believe. And I just really felt, and in talking with other, the other leaders, like we just needed to spend some time solidifying some things and examining things that we believe. And that there is something important in this season about being able to talk about and examine and articulate what we believe. And I think all of us would recognize that this is a time where we see the, the cultural norm of Christian values is different. It's, we probably, many of us, are used to functioning in a culture that's more turned towards Christian values, and things have shifted some in, in this season. And so, as in typical fashion, I feel like I have to tell you, what, what am I going to tell you as I'm opening the series? Why does it matter? Right? So in answering the question, why does it matter? Why would we spend time examining that together? That is one of the reasons that, that we want to really examine and solidify the things that we believe in the midst of kind of the shifting that's going on around us so that we know how to respond to those things, so we know how to hold fast in the midst to a culture and a society that is not holding fast to values and to principles. And so we want to be clear about that. The other piece, and this is probably what I really believe more than anything the Lord's going to do through this time, is there is something that, um, that becomes solid in us when we really examine what we believe. And the world needs a church that actually believes what it says it believes. The world needs a church that walks out what it says it believes, is sure about those things, and is committed to presenting them, walking in them, giving people an encounter with the reality of those beliefs. And it's important that that as we look at these things, we're, we're not, um, it's not just information, okay, here's what we're all going to recite about what we believe. I believe that we're going to have an, I, we're, I'm going to say believe a lot today. We're just going to have to get over that. Um, we're going to have an increase, an upgrade in faith as we reassert those things. This morning, when we sang about a thousand generations, I was receiving an upgrade in faith this morning. The reality of a God who endures and his goodness endures and his way endures and his love endures. My voice is not enduring at the moment. But he endures. And I was receiving an upgrade in faith in that. When we talked about going from glory to glory, I was receiving an upgrade in the faith that that is what he's doing with the church. He's done it all throughout time. We talked before 
about how we belong not to this, just this time. We belong to an eternal body that has been going from glory to glory to glory. We, as we examine what we really believe, and I believe it's gonna come down to some very simple truths, simple, not small. There is a simplicity in what we believe that is not small. And I believe it's gonna actually expand. We're gonna step into something bigger. We're stepping into the next level of glory. And so for those of you that go, wow, I feel, I feel a little nervous about examining the things that we believe. We're gonna come out of that so much more persuaded of who he is and who we are. And we're gonna see, she, she sang it this morning, I'm just getting started. So we can examine these same simple foundational truths and yet have a, a larger revelation of what that looks like. That's what we're going after throughout this summer. The other thing, I also say that a lot. The other thing about why it matters is because if you know me at all, you know that there is a commitment in my heart to the unity of the body of Christ. That, that there, I am convinced because of the prayer of Jesus in John 17, that a key piece of us fulfilling, us meaning the body, the church on the earth, that a key piece of us fulfilling the purposes and the plans and the mission of God on the earth is that we have unity. And it's important that we understand what are the primary beliefs that unify us with the body of Christ. That doesn't mean that we don't have our expression of what that looks like or we don't walk that out. I, I believe that all in all these different facets of the body that God has represented. But I think it's really important in this season where there has been division in the body over secondary issues that we really solidify. What are the primary beliefs that hold us together as the body of Christ? What are those things that make us a, a family in God outside of just how we function in that in this church? And so as we examine that, I, I don't know exactly, I don't know that we're gonna have a draw a line and this is primary and this is secondary, but I do think we're gonna begin to look at what is a secondary belief versus a primary belief that is foundational to our being one as a body of Christ? So we're going to look at those things. Finally, <laughs> the other reason it matters is because what we believe actually informs our behavior. And so we can say, I believe this, but there are a whole bunch of things that I say that I believe that the Lord's been challenging me in because he says, show me the evidence of that. So as we examine what we believe, our behavior is gonna begin to line up with that. We cannot come to that that place of saying, I believe this about who God is. I believe this about the role of the Holy Spirit. I believe this without our behavior lining up with that. And so I want us to examine that and challenge ourselves. 
This morning, we're gonna be asking some questions. What does the way that I walk actually say about what I believe? Because we can say and we can declare those things, and we should, we should continue, because there is a, the declaration of faith brings, brings that to reality inside of us. But let's get real about what we believe. There's been a couple of things where I've realized, I think I believe this, but the way that I walk says this. So do I really believe that? And it's brought me into this place of, I need to examine that. I need to be, I need to be um, solidified in the truth of that. I need to search that out. I, it's my hope that it's not for this series over the summer that you're gonna come and go, tell me what to believe. What I, my hope is, is that we are all starting a dialogue with the Holy Spirit today, going solidify in me the truth. Solidify these things in me. Make me believe. There's, there's the, um, the man whose daughter, I think, was sick and he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's my, my prayer this morning. Lord, I believe, but there are some things that are under the influence of unbelief, even things that I say I believe. And so as we examine what we believe throughout this month, the Lord's gonna solidify that. There are some things that I thought were primary beliefs. Don't be scared. There are some things that I thought were primary beliefs to me that in this season that I even believe the Lord is, has his hand in are, are kind of wavering. And I can, do, I can try to prep, like, no, 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 I need this. But some of it he's saying, can you let that go? Because that one's more yours than it is mine. We want to look at what, what is his that he's giving us so that we can really grasp it. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. What am I holding fast to? What am I holding on to? I want to make sure that it is the solid foundation of belief that, that he's giving us. You know, as it relates to unity among the body, there are... In an article I read, I didn't look at the entire list. Apparently, there are 43,000 denominations that fall under the category of Christianity. Now, in the world, my guess is not all 43,000 of them are really fully based in, in those core values of Christianity. I'm not sure because I didn't look at the list. But there has to be some things that are central to what we believe as the body of Christ, and we need to know what those things are. In this, this season, I'm, I'm not sure how many of you have heard the term, um, de I'm deconstructing my faith. How many of you have heard people say that or looked at Instagram posts about deconstructing our faith? I was super leery and offended by that at first, um, and a little still. But here's the reality. I think there's some 
Holy Spirit work going on in the deconstructing of faith, but it's not for the sake of destruction, it's for the sake of expansion. There are some things that the Lord is doing, and here's the thing, in the deconstruction of faith, I do not want to be the one swinging the sledgehammer. There was a word from um, Bill Vanderbush. Do any of you know Bill Vanderbush? And um, he said something to the effect of that, that there's been this, this hammer swinging, a sledgehammer, and he said it doesn't take any skill at all to swing a sledgehammer, which is kind of true, except it does take st- skill to know what should be knocked down and what shouldn't be knocked down, Right? I, I'm amazed at how, I hope it was worth it, Pastor Dave, I'm amazed at how much the Lord has taught me through the um, remodeling project of the parsonage. For those of you that don't know it, we just recently went through remodeling it before Jay Bryan and I moved in over there, and there was a lot of deconstruction yeah. that happened because there were things in the walls that needed to be fixed. There were things that needed to be changed. There were some things we decided to take square footage from here and attribute it to here because it would work better to have that square footage here than here now for this season. But what we didn't do is knock down things (laughs) that held up the structure, right? right? We knocked down a lot of things that were aesthetic, we locked down, knocked down a lot of things that, that needed to have some work done behind the walls so that we could then put up new walls without a mess behind the wall. But, but we didn't just willy-nilly beat away at things in the structure. It's funny, we had someone that walked through there before we did the work and a couple of opinions were, this is a teardown. And I think, I think there's some people that are thinking about that, thinking about the church that way right now. And I'm telling you what, it's not a teardown. <laughs> but there are some things that need to be deconstructed for the purposes and the season that the church is in now. But there are foundational things that we're not going to mess with. There are load-bearing walls that we're not going to mess with. Am I talking in riddles or are we tracking? Okay. So, the other thing about a remodeling project is we had people who came in and they swung the sledgehammer. We had some kids youth that helped us. I don't see any of them right now with the the demo part. Bless their hearts. Um, And there was a little mess to clean up after that. There's stuff that you're you're taking out, and there's some things that you're going, oh, we can, this we need to still use. I think we're in that process too as the church. But then, and I was waiting for this moment, Every day I'd check with Dave where we're at in the project and I go, are we building yet? <laughs> no, we're not building yet. We're still, we're still taking down. 
hey, are we building yet? Like, I'm waiting. When are we putting walls back up? Can I paint? No, you are a long way from painting. But so there's the sledgehammer. But here's something I believe that the Lord is bringing to this generation. And it's those who know how to use a framing hammer. It takes a different skill to know how to build now from where we're at, what, what to keep, and, and what we're building up. And I believe that the Lord is releasing framers. He's releasing people that begin to have a vision now that, that we've stripped it down to kind of what some of these bare essentials are. How does God want to expand this? What does that look like as he frames out the next season for the church? So that's my introduction, but, but it's important that we understand, I think, you probably don't care that much, I think it's important that we understand why are we examining this and what's our goal? Our goal is not to put every Christian belief under a microscope and criticize and, and argue, and that's not our goal. Our goal is to become sure of what he wants us to be sure of, to let go of things he wants us to let go of and be ready to build and expand into the places of belief and faith that he wants to bring us. Can we go there together? Will you invite the Holy Spirit to walk with you in that conversation? I, I am hopeful that it's not just on Sundays you put these beliefs in front of you and go, hmm, what do I think about this? Okay, okay, and then you move on. It's my hope that throughout these weeks, we are all pursuing and pressing in and asking the Lord, will you solidify these things in me? Today, it's my hope that we would ask him, what do I say I believe that I don't really believe? Or what have I believed that you're asking me to let go of because it's not, it's not uh, imperative to this next season? So, to believe means to accept something as true, to feel sure of the truth of, to be convinced, to put my confidence in. I can believe by accepting the statement of someone as true. I can believe by having faith, especially religious faith. I can believe by feeling sure that someone is capable of doing something. You know when they say, believe in yourself? It's a confidence that I'm capable of doing something. So when I say that I believe in God and his power, I believe in the saving work of Jesus, I'm saying I believe that he is capable of doing that thing. I accept that as truth. When we see the word believe in, uh, the, in the New Testament, it's there 244 times. And it's always related to the root pistis. And it means to entrust, to trust in, to have confidence in, to be persuaded of, to commit to. So when we talk about we believe, this is not a statement. <laughs> this is, we're moving into, what he's calling us into in these coming weeks is, my confidence is going to be visible in these things. 
He's calling us into a deeper confidence. So what we believe about God and about who he is, what we believe about Jesus, what we believe about creation and sin and death and the resurrection, what we believe about these different things, this is what we put our confidence in. I feel like it's, it's like the different categories of belief are my belief in the character of God and my belief in what his commands are. Those are, those are two places that, that I think we want to focus on. My belief in the character and the nature of God because that influences the way I interact with him, that influences the way I interact with, with others, that influences the, the way that I present him, it influences the way I act because we know, we believe that we are to be representations of who he is. So I have to know that character if I'm gonna represent that character. And then the other piece is that I would know the commands of God, that I believe in what, he, what he's commanding us to do. What, what are the things that he's asked us to give our life to, to walk in the ways that he's asked us to walk? And a huge amount of that is in here, but some of that is in here in the day-to-day when he just speaks to us and says, here's how I want you to walk. And do I believe in that enough to actually walk that out? So we want to we solidify our belief because the reality is I can say I believe in this, but I live with my confidence in this, right? So, so if everything that I put my confidence is not these things that I say I believe in, then I don't really believe those things. That I believe, oh Lord, that I think uh, is is part of why those outside the church sometimes have a little trouble with the church. Because we say we believe this, but the place we put our confidence doesn't necessarily reflect that. And so we're coming into a place where where we're gonna solidify that. I can say, I believe that chair will hold me, but it's really not true until I actually sit in the chair. I can say, I believe that I can fly. And you go, well, I don't know. She's wearing a cape today. <laughs> Maybe she can. But, but there's no evidence of that belief. There, I don't actually believe it if I don't fly, right? Or I don't jump off. I'm not going to walk on the ledge like my dad if I don't jump off the ledge. So that's, that's what we need to, to look at. The question is, what am I convinced of? What do I believe? What am I convinced of? Am I convinced that light is stronger than darkness? Am I convinced that he works all things together for my good? Am I convinced that he is good even though this circumstance is not? Or isn't the result that I wanted? What am I convinced of? What am I persuaded of more than anything else? That's what we're examining as we look at what do I believe? What what is the thing that I'm most convinced of? What is the thing I'm most persuaded in? Or are there things then that I allow to persuade me 
more than I allow this to persuade me? Are there things that, that, okay, I believe this, I believe this. Oh, this thing over here says this. And now I'm aimed at a different persuasion. I'm aimed at a different confidence. So I believe is not a light statement. What I love is that we're going to come away from this time more confident. There are verses all over the Bible about the confidence that we have in him. Have I opened the Bible yet? We should do that. Jeremiah 17:7. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. That's the same word. Whose belief is in him, whose trust is in him. Isaiah 32, 17. The fruit of that righteous of the righteous will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. How many of you know that confidence doesn't have to be loud necessarily and obnoxious? Sometimes I think of confidence as boldness. And it is, but sometimes it's a peace and a quietness. I have a confidence. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Are you confident that we are going from glory to glory? Are you confident that you haven't arrived yet, but that he's bringing you closer and closer and more and more like him? That he hasn't stopped working? The other week, I had the Lord challenged I believe that God is still working. He challenged that belief. And I came away with a revelation of, he actually is still working. And I believed it. And I knew that it was true, but he uncovered for me a place that my confidence or that I was persuaded in a different way. (coughs) Ephesians 3.12, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Hebrews 13, 6, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I can say I have that confidence, but do I bow to the fear of man? 1 John 4, 17, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. That's our confidence. So, what I think is funny is Brian will often say to me, here's here's an example of what our confidence is or what we believe. He will often say to me, you just believe that nothing bad will ever happen. And he says that because I leave things unlocked. I leave my purse and my cart and walk three aisles away. I, I would, unless I was married and had the voice of wisdom with, alongside me, I would pick up someone on the road. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> because, and he says, you believe nothing bad will ever happen. And to some degree that's true, but what I've come to say is no. I believe nothing so bad that Jesus and I can't handle it will ever happen. 
Because you know what? A lot of bad things have happened. Things that I didn't want to have happen in my life. Not because I left my purse or picked someone up on the road or didn't lock a door, by the way. Just saying. Bad things can happen even if you lock the door. But... However... <laughs> you should lock your door. It's a core doctrine. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, please, that's not even true. Don't do that. But, but there is a reality. My actions betray a way that I believe. I don't believe that, you know. Now, I have started wearing a crossbody bag because I've had no less than five police officers kindly come up to me in a store and say, ma'am, is that your purse that you just left there? You can, I can't tell you how many calls I've had of women whose purses have been stolen. So now I wear my purse on my body, but that has nothing to do with my sermon this morning. Um, because yeah, now they install, instill the belief in me that my purse will get stolen. <laughs> so, what do I really believe? What do I have confidence in? The other thing is that what we believe uh, connects to our sense of belonging. This is where the unity of the body comes in, but this is also we belong first to him. And what I believe Come, it, it informs what I belong to. 1 Corinthians 6.19, you are not your own, you were bought with a price. Deuteronomy 7.6, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people of his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. What we believe as followers of Jesus separate us from belonging to earth and instead belonging to the kingdom, belonging to heaven. And one of the things that he's challenging is in this season is, what do you belong the most to based on what you believe? Do I belong the most to my race? Do I belong the most to my political affiliation? Do I belong the most to my church denomination? Do I belong the most to my family of origin and the way that we do things? What we believe is it challenges that, that we have to come into a place where I say, I belong the most to him, first of all, and to this people, there's some interestingly harsh things that, that he says about sort of leaving your family and coming into the family of God, which I don't have time to go into, but, but where do we, what do we belong to? What we believe most actively, meaning with, with our actions, what we believe most actively is what we belong to the most. So we want to belong to the household of faith. We want to belong to him as our father, but to the household of faith. Every other belonging is subordinate to belonging to him and to one another. So as these other ideas come up, as we talk about different aspects of, of social change, and we have to stay in the place of first belonging to the kingdom beyond everything else. And then finally, in closing, 
our belief affects how we behave. I believe that we come into a sense of belonging in the family of God often before we start to behave. (laughs) But that the family of God helps us to come into the realities of that. But it does, our belief affects how we behave. Oftentimes, it's asked in scripture and, and through other, I know other pastors and preachers, how then shall we live? It's one of my favorite questions to ask when I read a scripture. If I believe this, how then shall I live? The world needs a church who behaves like it believes what it says it believes. So we need to be clear on what we believe. So the question we're asking is, what is the way that I walk, the way that I spend my time, say about what I believe the most, what I belong to? What is what I belong to say about what I believe? And are there secondary beliefs that I've allowed to take priority over the primary beliefs that God's called us to as his people? And that's where I've been challenged from time to time. Some of the things that I think are beliefs are actually preferences. And the Lord is helping us to come into a purity of faith. He's helping us to come into a a solidification of faith. We can, with with confidence, if we're uh, pursuing it with him, we can take these different aspects of belief and examine them and know that he'll help us to walk away with an expanded faith in those things. Amen? So, Lord, we believe Help our unbelief. (laughs) Help us in the places where we are not convinced, where we are not fully persuaded, where we are convinced of other things more than of your truth, where we're persuaded by other things more than your truth, where we've made secondary things primary. We thank you for the work that you're doing in your body. We thank you that you are a master at demolition and you're a master at framing. And so we submit to that in this church and as the the larger body of Christ. We just thank you that you're working, that you're showing us what is essential. You're showing us what is foundational. You're showing us what is precious. And you're also showing us what is preference. We thank you that we are going to be a people who say we believe and behave as we believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.